Hello everyone. I want to talk to you a little bit today about the Word of God and the Bible. What is a word? According to Merriam-Webster's online dictionary, a word is a speech sound or series of speech sounds that symbolize and communicate a meaning, usually without being divisible into smaller units capable of independent use. The primary definition of a word is a speech sound that carries meaning. Where do these speech sounds derive the meaning they carry? The Bible says, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? According to the Bible, the sounds of speech get their meaning from the spirit of the individual making the sound. What is our spirit? Spirit is the invisible part of us that gives us individual identity and consciousness of our self-existence. The Bible has much to say about our spirit and God's spirit. Several scriptures are found in the book of Job. The Spirit of God has made me. The breath of the Almighty gives me life. If it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all mankind would perish together and man would return to the dust. I thought age should speak, advanced years should teach wisdom, but it is the spirit in a man, the breath of the Almighty, that gives him understanding. The spirit of man is the Lord's lamp. It searches out his inmost being. That's from the Proverbs of Solomon. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. And that was written by the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians. Spirit is the voice we hear in our heads when we calculate how much change we should receive at the grocery store. Spirit is responsible for the thoughts in our minds that may never be spoken. Spirit is the invisible, non-physical part of us that makes us distinct from everyone else. Thoughts are the internal expressions of our spirit in their most basic form. Only our spirit knows our thoughts unless they are communicated in some way to the outside world. There are many ways thoughts can be expressed, but all of them depend on using one or more of the five human senses. The tool that is used to communicate thoughts through sound is words. This is a tool used by humans from birth, from the first cry out of a baby's mouth to the last words of a dying man. The use of sound in communicating thoughts is difficult without a common point of reference. Almost every parent knows the experience of trying to figure out what's wrong with a dry-diapered, well-fed, adequately clothed, normal-temperature baby. The infant makes plenty of sound but the meaning has to be deciphered. How can thought be communicated through sound? Thoughts can be packaged into words internally and distributed through speech sounds externally. Thoughts are packaged into words by a person's spirit and then distributed through their voice. Words are containers of thought. Communication takes place when someone else hears the sounds, recognizes them as words, and opens up the thoughts the words contain. The Word of God is the thoughts of God, packaged in the words. Since God is spirit, 
He expresses his words differently than we do as humans. God expresses his words directly, spirit to spirit, without the intermediation of physical sound waves. The problem with verbal communication, however, is its short lifespan. Verbally spoken words only exist as long as the speaker is making sounds. Unless the sounds are heard and recorded in some way, they disappear from existence as soon as they are spoken. If another person hears the words as they are being spoken, that person can record and store the thoughts communicated by the words in their mind. This is good, but it only benefits the person hearing the words. Anyone who wasn't there to hear the words cannot benefit from what was spoken. So the need is to find a way to permanently record the words so that the thoughts they contain can be preserved for the benefit of others. The first system created to preserve words and the thoughts they contain was an internal system called oral history or oral tradition. Humans repeated the words to themselves and to their children over and over again until they were firmly embedded in the minds of multitudes for generations. As the body of human knowledge and experience continued to grow, there was more information and more thoughts that needed to be preserved than one person could hold. At first, the answer was to divide the workload of preserving thoughts among several groups of people by different subjects. Different groups specialized in preserving different kinds of thoughts. This worked well for a while, except when someone died before they had an opportunity to pass their complete knowledge set down to the next generation. Whenever this happened, knowledge was lost that could either not be regained or cause the community to be hindered and slowed in progress until it could be regained. The next step in preserving thought was to encode the speech sounds in a form that could be perceived by another of the five senses, sight. Originally, thoughts were packaged as words and distributed through sound. Communication depended on the sense of hearing primarily and the other senses secondarily. The only problem was the short life of the spoken words and the limitations of the memory of the person hearing the words. The answer was to develop another means of preserving words that contained the thoughts. This answer was writing. Writing is a tool to preserve thoughts by recording the words that contain them. The first step in writing is to encode the most elementary speech sounds into visible symbols that can be remembered and taught to others. Thus, the alphabet was born. What is the Word of God? The Word of God is God's expression of Himself in terms that can be perceived and understood. How does God express Himself? God has expressed Himself in many ways to different individuals and groups throughout human history. God spoke directly and audibly to Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He also appeared to them in some kind of physical form so that they could see him as well. God spoke directly to Cain after his offering was rejected and he was nursing a grudge against his brother Abel. God spoke directly to Noah, telling him to build an ark to save himself and his family and the animals from the flood. He spoke to Noah again after the flood to establish his covenant with Noah to never again destroy all life on earth with a flood. God spoke directly to Abram, telling him to leave his country, his people, and his father's household, 
and to go to the land I will show you. God also appeared to Abram in a vision, establishing a covenant with him. God spoke directly to Hagar, the mother of Abram's son Ishmael. God spoke directly to Isaac and to Jacob and to Moses, and eventually to the entire nation of Israel directly from heaven. All of these people heard God speak, either in their spirits, through their thoughts, dreams, or visions, or audibly with their physical ears, as they did when God spoke the Ten Commandments and established his first covenant with Israel. Everything that was spoken by God was the word of God to that person or persons, but nothing was written down yet. When God spoke to the nation of Israel from Mount Sinai to a group of almost two million people, it scared them so badly that they asked Moses to ask God not to speak directly to them anymore because they were afraid they would die. And all the people were watching and hearing the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then they said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen. But don't let God speak to us, or we will die. However, Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, and in order that the fear of him may remain with you, so that you will not sin. So the people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. That's in Exodus chapter 20, verses 18 to 21. Then in Deuteronomy 18, Moses said this, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you, from your own countrymen. To him you shall listen. This is in accordance with everything that you ask of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, saying, Do not let me hear the voice of the Lord my God again, and do not let me see this great fire any more, or I will die. And the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet from among their countrymen like you, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them everything I command him. And it shall come about that whoever does not listen to my words, which he speaks in my name, I myself will require it of him. That was God speaking about his son Jesus. From that time forward, God did not speak with the entire nation of Israel again. But he spoke to Moses, and Moses began recording the words God spoke, so that they would not be lost and would be available for future generations. This was the beginning of the Bible. The Bible began as the written record of God's revelation of himself to humanity. And every written word of God began as a spoken word of God. I'm going to say that again. Every written word of God began as a spoken word of God. God spoke his words to the prophet, and the prophet wrote them down so that they would not be lost. Over the course of time, God raised up numerous prophets, and spoke to them, and the prophets in turn spoke to the people. Some prophets wrote down what God said, and we still have their writings today. Some prophets wrote down what God said, but we do not have it today. And still, other prophets spoke God's words to the people, but they were not written down at all. 
In the days of Moses, God only put his spirit on certain individuals to perform specific tasks. However, he indicated very early on that it was his desire to put his spirit on all his people and to speak to them directly. This was indicated by a specific incident in scripture involving Moses and the elders of Israel. Moses was overwhelmed by the number of people complaining about their living conditions in spite of the fact that God was providing them with food every day that they didn't have to work for. This complaining really bothered Moses and he spoke to the Lord about it and God said, Gather for me seventy men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take away some of the spirit who is upon you and put him upon them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you will not bear it by yourself. That's Numbers 11, verses 16 and 17. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. He also gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and positioned them around the tent of meeting. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, and he took away some of the spirit who was upon him and placed him upon the seventy elders. And when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, yet they did not do so again. But two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other Medad. And the spirit rested upon them, and they were among those who had been registered, but had not gone out to the tent. And they prophesied in the camp. So a young man ran and informed Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the personal servant of Moses from his youth, responded and said, My Lord, Moses, restrain them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? If only all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Moses desired for God to put his spirit on all his people. And many years later, God responded to Moses' desire by prophesying through the prophet Joel. It will come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will have dreams. Your young men will see visions. And even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So even though God anointed specific prophets to prophesy for him and to write some of those prophecies down in what we now know as the Bible, God's ultimate intention was to put his spirit on all his people and to speak through all of his people by his Holy Spirit. Before this could take place, however, Jesus had to come to live and to die, to be resurrected and ascend back to heaven and to be glorified by God the Father. All this took about 1,400 years after Moses expressed his desire for all God's people to be prophets and about 350 years after Joel prophesied that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. It finally happened in the year 28 AD. On the day of Pentecost, when the recently born-again disciples of Jesus were baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Peter declared on that day 
men of Judea, and all you who live in Jerusalem, know this and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, but this is what has been spoken through the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God says, that I will pour out my Spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men will see visions. And your old men will have dreams. And even on my male and female servants, I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And they will prophesy. So what does this have to do with the Bible and the Word of God? Well, it shows us that God's intentions have always been to draw near to His people and live closely with them, to fill them with His Spirit and to use them to speak for Him until Jesus comes again. Although the Bible is the Word of God, and the standard by which we judge all things, it has never been God's intention to relate to us solely through the Bible. God's desire is to put His Spirit in us, to communicate with us spirit to spirit and day to day, and to manifest Himself through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Of course we must test everything by comparing it to the Bible. But God wants to speak to us directly as well as through His written Word. The Bible is the Word of God, yet God still speaks, but never contrary to what He has already said in the Bible.